1: What I have for you today, I, I honestly don't feel like it's a teaching. I don't feel like it's anything like that. It's an impartation. I've just felt the desire of God to release fire in this place, to release fire. Uh, I'm just going to go right into it. The name of the message is Set the City Ablaze. How do you take a city? Set it ablaze. And that fire, that fire, there's always a parallel between what happened in the Old Testament, what happens in the New the fire in the Old Testament can now be represented by our worship. Now, there's two types of worship, right? There's that obedience that we live our lives that God says is true worship, and there's the actual praise of our mouths, our lips. And I'm going to talk about that second part because we all need to leave those obedient lives, but it's in that second part, in that worship, that calling out to God, that, that singing, that it really just fans the flames of worship. So I may be on fire now, but I was not always that way. Not... not Three, four years ago, I guess maybe five now, I was in my truck, um, driving on my way to go get more alcohol. I was already very drunk um, and I had been listening to worship music i i can't explain why i don't, i don't i don't know why but i had been i was in the world I had found like i think it was air one or k love and um <laughs> and I was drunk getting more alcohol and my life had gotten so dark, so cold, so um, quiet and devoid of love. And in that moment, I started hearing the song and it was, it was another in the fire. And I started melting, I, w- I, I was bawling. I had to pull over to the side of the road because I couldn't, I didn't know what was happening. I couldn't contain what was going on inside of me. But in that moment, God sparked a flame inside of me. And again, he didn't do it through someone evangelizing. He didn't do it through something else. It started in worship. Um, so I, I skipped ahead of this, but my, my precious mom is actually in the audience. Um, mom, could you actually, I have the mic, uh, so. I apologize in advance, but could you stand up real quick? Okay. This is right here in white. I'm actually gonna ask that you guys extend your hands for you because mom, I got like a prophetic word for you. Uh, and I just hear, mom, you've honored, you've honored God so long, and He's answered your prayers. No longer do you have to wonder, is your son coming home alive? No longer do you have to wonder what's gonna happen next. No longer do you have to wait. On God, for him to deliver your child that you love in your arms, that he has fulfilled that. So how much more will he fulfill the rest of every one of your desires? We just release a blessing on you as a congregation. We release favor upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to hear about that one later for sure. For sure. That's all right. It's worth it. It's worth it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, So Uh, I have three points, and uh, by the blessing of the house, I may or may not get through them. (laughs) But my first point is uh, pick up the torch. You see, in that moment in the car, uh, I picked up the torch, and I didn't know it. It's not even something that I realized I did. It wasn't a conscious decision, but but I felt God move, and I responded. I grabbed on. Now, if you know my story, most of you have only aware of me in the church for two years. I said five years. So there's a couple years in there where things didn't go well. I dropped that torch again. I didn't know what to do with it. Held it upside down a little bit. But two years ago, things shifted. Now we're gonna go through the points, but I wanna um, really just go through uh, the last city that David ever took. And, and spe- so it's, it's Jerusalem. Now, I'm not a Bible scholar, so I might get comments or something later, like, well, actually, well, for the sake of this message, it was, it was Jerusalem. <laughs> so, the first thing David did was he conquered Jerusalem militarily, right? You can't take a city without using military force. Now, right now, we're not talking about how to save a city, how to save San Diego. I'm not, we're, we're not, you know, creating a militia yet. Um, <laughs> and storming the streets yet. But we're, we're, we're talking about how to save the heart of a city, how to save a city gone astray. Now this, this city had drifted far from God. So David took it militarily. Now he had to take it spiritually. So he takes it militarily for the sake of time. I'm gonna skip past how he does it. And then he goes to grab the ark. So he takes the town defeats the Philistines and another army, brings the ark to, uh, so he's going to bring it back to Jerusalem, the city that he just took. He wants to bring the the presence of the Lord into his city. So he goes out and clad in his military armor um, with all of his, uh, it said the chosen men of Israel, 30,000 of the chosen men of Israel, they go out and they bring this ark in, almost like um, a military conquest, like a trophy. And what happens is they get a portion of the way and then they drop the torch. The Ark of God, someone reaches out to grab it to stabilize it and it strikes us a dead. It strikes us a dead. Now they were able to pick up the torch. Like in that moment, I was able to pick up the torch. I responded to the cry of God. But something kept happening over and over again. I would respond in worship. I would go out in the world. I would go drink more and do drugs. I, I would fall every time. I kept dropping the torch. And this is key. So in that moment, as he was bringing the ark of God into Jerusalem through military force, I believe what happened, and we can see it pretty clearly, is he treated God with lightness. He treated God as a, as a military conquest, as, as, hey, we took this city. Now we're going to take this ark in. But here we get to the second part where, where he actually grabs the ark. He goes back and says, uh, let's do this a different time. So this is in 2 Samuel 9 through 11. This is actually just after um, this happens with Uzzah. It says, and David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, and the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household." So he drops the torch. It's staying there, right? And then he looks back and he says, well, God, you're blessing this house. You're blessing his presence. Your worship is there. I, I, I want it, so I'm gonna go after you in a different way. And he does this, so uh, an ephod is is priestly underwear, just in case you're wondering. That's going to be key. So it says, and it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps. He sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod, priestly underwear. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of the horn. That's super key. Those differences are super key. How come one time he goes with a bunch of men, takes the ark of the Lord, and someone gets struck dead? Second time he comes with the Ark of the Lord and God is, is bringing his presence. God is working on this revival. I believe it's that surrender of, it, of his outer clothing, that surrender of, of all the prim and proper and I need to look like this. I need, I need to have my, my men with me. This is a warfare victory. And it, in that moment, when I kept dropping the torch, it's that same thing. I, I, I would pick up the torch and I would try to carry it, but I would want to look a certain way. I would want to look... Uh, uh, like, I, like I had everything together. I would wanna look like uh, I didn't need your help, I was actually doing pretty good, but if you need my help, I, I can help you. Just, but I'm good, I'm good. And I kept picking up the ark and then pieces of my life would die, just like he struck Uzzah down. Pieces of my life would die. And I, and, I, and I got to this point and I'm like, I don't know what's going on until, until finally something snapped. Something snapped. And in that moment, I looked, I'm like, God, everyone else is getting this. What's, what's, what's going on? And, and I finally hit this moment. I was like, God, I don't care if you ask me to stand in the corner of a room on my head for hours. I, I don't care. I'll, I'll dance in priestly underwear. I don't care. I just wanna worship you and I wanna surrender to you. So, second point. Carry the fire. Is this what it looks like? Is, is So I don't know, there's, a, there's scholars out there that do all this research, and they said the house of Obed-Edom to Jerusalem was about seven to eight miles. Now, at the end of this message, we're gonna open up a time of worship. And, and worship is so powerful to me because I feel like um, not only is it that fire, but that true abandon to God where you let everything down. Now, to ask to do it your entire life can be a daunting task, right? I mean, we're called to do it, we absolutely are. It can be daunting. But if we ask, hey, for, for 10, for 15 minutes, throw everything else aside. Throw everything else aside. Throw, throw those garments that make you look tough aside. Throw those things that you're holding onto aside and worship at God's feet. Uh, I also wanna uh, give a little uh, personal revelation here. I don't think David was very good at dancing <laughs> or singing. Here's how I'm going to back it up. Because I can't just say that, right? All of you are like, how dare you? But all throughout the word, it says David was a man that could uh, play the harp and and a man that could wield the sword. It said uh, Saul slayed his thousands, David slayed his 10,000s, right? There's all these praise of, of David on his heart for the Lord. But he sang a lot and he danced a lot. And it never says he was good at it, <laughs> right? That's just me. <laughs> I say that yeah as a joke, but it's also super important. Um, if you guys know me, I'm super loud, very loud. I, I I kind of have thought like I need to pass out like earplugs to people that like sit next to me that don't know me for the first time. Um, Cynthia Lujan, we always have this joke because I accidentally, I spat on her arm one time when we were in worship. It was just a little bit, but it's in that that reckless abandon. Just a little bit. It wasn't a lot, just a little bit. Splash zone, you know? I'm I'm joking around, but it really is in that, that abandon of worship. Like, okay, God, like this is all for you. This is all for you. This is not for a show. This is not so I can get something. This is because you are worthy of it. Because you are worthy of praise. (sighs) So again, at the end, we're gonna open up the altar for a time to, to give God the praise that he is worthy of. So that's how you carry the fire now release the flames is the third point so you've stoked the you, you pick it up you learn how to carry it you, you surrender to god fully right you you rejoice in him without abandon you come to his house just expecting him to move now it's set a city ablaze right now we've only talked about like carrying a torch and keeping it lit how do i release that into a place where it catches fire And this next portion is is super important. Um, So the whole thing is super important, right? But it's 2 Samuel 6.16. And this is um, David and one of his wives, uh, Michael, at the time. So David's dancing in, in reckless abandon. The whole city is just like rejoicing and, and, and celebrating God. This is a city that had been astray for a while. And this is what it reads. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. She despised him in her heart. We had a season really recently where we heard the spirit of Michael rear her ugly head. Now, remember in 2020, one that came after, two of them made a lot of sense to me at the time, and I thought the third one was kind of a tip of the hand from the enemy. It was um, businesses that they deemed unnecessary, churches, and specifically worship. They called out worship specifically. Now, now I think that if you understand um, the left and their antics, you kind of get the first two. Uh, communism and tyranny has always hated the church. Make no mistake, from the very end, they understand that the church is, is their downfall. Because if people believe in something greater than the government, their plan doesn't work. But that third thing is super interesting. Like what sound, sane individual, first of all, those are the first two cues. But what, what, what person operating in this world goes, well, we're not gonna let them sing. Imagine, the, imagine people coming to like, just stop their singing and we'll win. That came straight from the enemy. That came straight from the enemy. Because he went, well, the way this shifts is they start worshiping God with everything they have. They leave everything at the altar and a fire sparks in a city so great that no one can contain it. Little tip of, to the little tip of the hat. So that right there is how we release the flames. Is, is I, I mentioned a, a spirit of Michael, because I do believe it's a spirit. It's a demon, that, that, and I think we've all encountered it. I think it's, it's, it's familiar to a lot of us. Is We start to worship. Tell me if this sounds familiar. We start to worship. We start to actually sing, and you hear a voice that says, man, you suck at singing. <laughs> that just me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was someone behind me like, please stop. But we start to raise our hands and we hear, oh, what are you doing? That looks weird. We start to press in and get a little rowdy and we think like, man, this looks, you're a goofball. You're gonna embarrass yourself in front of everyone. That's not from you. That's not from you. You're responding to the heart of God in a moment and something hates it. So we're not going to do it yet. I'm just going to say again, though, at the end, we're going to come into a time of worship. And when that spirit rears its head, shut its mouth with your song, with your actual song, with your song. The people that know me best know how good of a word this is because they've heard me sing. It's loud. That's it. If I was David, they wouldn't be writing about my singing abilities either. But I think that's such a wonderful gift that God's given me. I used to not like my voice at all. And then I realized like my voice is not for me. Not only is my voice not for me, but actually the worse that I'm at singing, the less people are gonna be like, well, he just likes the sound of his own voice. How could I? Right? So, and because of the fact that I'm loud, when I press in and they hear me, I don't know, moaning in tune. I don't know what the best word for my singing is. They can go, oh, well, I, 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 can, I can sing a little bit. It, provide, it provides a covering. <laughs> it does, it does. He knows, I'm tr- he knows I'm right. It provides a covering. And then people around, can pick up that fire and be like, you know what, I, I, can, I can worship too. I can worship like this too. And you releasing that flame becomes that first step in the cycle of someone picking up their torch. It's your worship. It's you singing. It's that. And if we would just understand that, I don't think that we would fight the same way. I don't think we would dress up in our, in our armor and look really tough and go, this is how we're gonna do it every time. Absolutely, that's how we do it sometime. But through worship, things are unlocked far beyond, far beyond anything you could ever imagine. You think about the the Israelites um, back in the day, one of their mistakes would frequently be, God would give them victory victory after victory after victory after victory. And then they would stop asking God, should I go out into battle? They would just go. But oftentimes after those victories, if they would ask, God would say something weird or different. He'd be like, okay, this time, I want you to stay back. I want you to stay back, and I want, you to, I want you to worship. And I want you to listen to me ambush your enemies on your behalf. So, again, in three minutes. Can you tell I'm leading up to the end? Because that's the most important part, right? I could talk all day, but if we don't press in and worship and seize this opportunity to be set on fire, then what does it matter? We need to carry this fire and release it into the city because I tell you, our city has seen warfare. Our city has seen confusion. Our city has seen shouting. Our city has seen all of these things, but they've never seen a man and a woman set so on fire for God that they would worship them without abandon and look stupid in front of their friends because of it. It was after David... Is basically rebuked from Michael that he comes back with this answer and it's uh it's very sassy but it's it's key it's key to our response to this spirit that may very well come against you when we gather for worship he says it was before the lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. He says, I'll look even more stupid. He said, you think this is foolish? if it's for worshiping my God, I will do something even more. I will praise him even louder. I will dance for him in the streets. I will do something even more. (sighs) And it's something that it's not just, this isn't a one, two, three, I'm done, good. Like we all know what fire is, right? It requires a constant stoking. It requires uh, feeding it when you're carrying it from place to place even more so, you have to shelter it, yeah. right? So as I'm, as I'm in between steps one and three, between picking up the torch and releasing the flames, there's carry the fire, right? Yeah. How am I doing that? How am I actually carrying and sheltering this fire? Yeah. Because we are gonna come from here, I guarantee God is going to encounter you as we flood the altar, your life is gonna be shifted But once you leave this place, it's very important what you do. Are you gonna go rush back and worry about the things that used to bother you? Are you gonna let your head be consumed again with the worries of worker bills? Or are you gonna take that car and be like, you know what, in this moment, I'm gonna carry this fire. I'm gonna turn the worship music on. I'm gonna blast it. I'm gonna keep singing. And that way, the bonus is no one can hear you. So you can really go at it. I think there's been some strangers watching me and they're like, who is this guy? but I will become even more foolish for the Lord, right? So the last thing I want to leave you is this, is is, um, it's really easy to say in these moments of of really excitement and feeling God move to say, well, worship God, worship God, because it's a natural response from us, right? There's something deep within us because we were made in God's image and made to worship and respond to him that, wants to cry out to the Lord, that, that, that wants to come out to him when we're in such gratitude, they're like, God, you are worthy of everything. Can I tell you it's an even greater sacrifice when things are going horribly in your life to bring worship to him and to sing? Um, not that long ago, um, Corey and I actually lost our, our first child due to a miscarriage. And there was a part of me that wanted to stay home. They wanted me to, well, I wanted to lick my wounds. I didn't want to go to the house of God at first. I I wanted to just stay home and kind of have pity on myself. But there was a part of me that leapt up. It was like, you know what? This is an opportunity like no other to worship God and show him that this is not, I don't just worship you because things are going well in my life. I worship you because you are worthy of all praise. So regardless of your situation today, I call out to you to worship God, worship him. We're gonna open up the altar right now. I just ask, come forward. If, If anything spoke to you, come forward. We're gonna worship him. Just invite the band up as well. Just come worship God. The altar is open. Let everything else go. Let that voice that says, well, I don't really know if I can sing like this, drown it in the sound of your voice. Now I'm going to read Psalm 24 as we go into this moment. The earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in this holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory.
0: Now let's worship. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen.